Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody Award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great America Show. Glad to have you with us, and we thank you for listening in. I hope you and your family are well. We all know we're living in troubled times, but it's important for all of us to take notice of the good that also accompanies these times. One of those good people is with us today. He and a group of doctors all across the country have stood up to big government, big pharma, and the political left. And they have, with their knowledge and intelligence and courage, shined bright lights on our public health system and political and medical establishments. We'll be talking with Dr. Robert Malone about all these issues that arose from the pandemic, everything from the role of the communist Chinese, virology and early treatment, vaccine mandates, and who should and should not be vaccinated. Politicians, should they be acting as our doctors? Big Pharma dictating public health policy? He'll join us in just a moment. No doubt we're in the middle of a mess these days, whether it's Putin invading Ukraine, Xi threatening Taiwan, or Biden being our commander in chief. Not good. Biden's poll numbers continue to shrink. Gallup has his approval rating at a flat 40%, the lowest ever in Gallup's polling, which means that many of the Democrats who put this weak and frail man in the White House are regretting what they've done to the country and you and me. We've also lived through two years of the COVID virus pandemic, the China virus pandemic, nearly every family touched by the virus. But the good news is we could be near the end of this pandemic. Some of the best medical minds tell us our natural immunity is working and growing and that the virus may be burning itself out. We'll see. And importantly, many of those doctors are saying straightforwardly that there is no medical emergency now, no reason for emergency actions to be invoked at all. One of those doctors is himself an inventor of RNA vaccines. Dr. Robert Malone is not only a brilliant doctor, but a courageous one and a great American. And on top of all of that, Dr. Malone is one of my favorite guests, uh, a brilliant man who's done an immense public service uh, throughout uh, COVID. Uh, Dr. Malone, welcome back to the Great America Show. Great to have you with us. It's my great pleasure, Lou, and an honor. So thank you for the invitation. Let me begin with uh, what happened to COVID. It's like someone threw a switch two weeks ago, and suddenly Dr. Fauci isn't on a, on a Sunday talk show, and we're not hearing a lot from the White House about COVID or Omicron or any variant uh we did hear, though, that his last words, I believe, from his last appearance were something on the order. Dr. Fauci said, COVID isn't done with us yet. Can you tell us what you think is going on here? Yeah, and it's a little more complex than that because uh, they're using the COVID to justify a illegitimately justify a national emergency so they can basically extend their war powers. Um, and uh, uh, by continuing this national emergency for another 90 days. Um, and that's what allows them to invoke this uh, Department of Homeland Security action mm. where they're labeling the likes of you and me because we're discussing things that might cause people to have some concerns about their government. 
that's now the definition of a domestic terrorist, apparently, according to Homeland Security. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and but the, but on on the virus front, um, you may or may not recall because you know you're not as much in the weeds as I am on all this. I went on uh, my friend Laura Ingram's show before Christmas, right? And and I stuck my neck out like a chicken, um, and uh, on the chopping block, and I said, you know. Laura, this looks like this this uh, Omicron could be a gift. It could be a Christmas gift. I remember could, that, by the way, vividly. Well, thank you. I heard a lot of people were a little uh, surprised by that, uh, according to Laura. Um, but uh, but that it's played out exactly like I did. And then we had this fascinating interview with Mr. William Gates, uh, PhD, uh, MD. Um, uh, that was sarcasm, uh, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, duly noted. <laughs> uh, just have to, you know, check in with some of us uh, are a little impaired in that. Um, so uh, Bill Gates' uh, recent interview in which he uh, expect, uh, expresses regret uh, that sadly Omicron has acted like a vaccine and has essentially created mucosal immunization for the whole world. Uh, I thought that was uh, uh, an amazing Freudian reveal uh, from from Mr. Gates. I don't know why he would see this as a sad thing, uh, but maybe it has to do with his economic self-interest. I am only speculating. Well, uh, there's plenty of that abroad in the world, isn't there? Yeah. So, uh, um, so I so what's happened is, as you've probably been tracking, because you are who you are. Uh, on Worldometer or other things, and your audience can look for themselves. They don't have right. to listen to me or you. Uh, they can look up Worldometer on the uh, World Wide Web. Uh, uh, please use DuckDuckGo, not Google, um, uh, for uh, you know personal reasons. Um, but uh, you can track there and look at you, your favorite country or your favorite state and see what's happened with new cases with Omicron, and they've collapsed. And uh, furthermore, you know, there's the data is coming out now about um, what's happened with Omicron and its relationship to the vaccines or lack of vaccines. Uh, we we clearly have elicited strong uh, natural immunity with this virus. Right. It's it's quenched the circulation. Anybody that went to a Christmas gathering practically that i've ever talked to over the over uh um the turning of the year has probably had the experience that the that many people tell me which is in their families the vaccinated got uh omicron easier than the unvaccinated and often they got it harder and the data are coming in uh supporting that so that's the the worrisome thing that this is kind of looking it's got a lot of the signs that this may be showing signs of vaccine enhanced infection and disease with Omicron. And hopefully we don't see another variant come out driven by this, you know, rabid vaccinate everything kind of approach uh, that will, will up the ante on that. But for right now, it looks like we have finally reached herd immunity, Tony Fauci, but not through anything he did, uh, but through this uh, crazy uncle virus that uh, um, isn't isn't uh, lethal like the prior ones, but is more highly infectious and seems to be generating a good immune response in people. Uh, that's you've just described what happened in our family as well. Uh, at Christmas uh, gathering, uh, and uh, and mercifully, and uh, thank you, Lord, uh, nobody was seriously injured or, or seriously uh, had serious symptoms. Uh, it was a peculiar, you know, delightful result, but everyone was, you know, of course, uh, amazed at that. Yeah, and 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 who who would have thunk that crazy uh, that crazy guy that uh, should be not allowed to speak on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, should be uh, his little three-hour chat with Joe Rogan should be censored forever. Um, would have called it right. Uh, it, it's you know I I cannot imagine 
what in the world we're this country. I, I could not have imagined us going through a period like this in the United States of America. What we have witnessed over these last couple of years has been something that was unthinkable to most Americans. And our reaction uh, as, a, uh, as a nation, uh, as a people, I would never have thought Americans would stand for it. I would have never thought that Americans would have uh, taken this as it were lying down. Uh, and yet that is precisely what happened. And thanks to you and other voices that, that bright, uh, knowledgeable and courageous uh, were able to penetrate what I believe at one time uh, a very famous person referred to as a mass, uh, a mass psychosis. Uh, <laughs> that would be Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> that was, I was thinking of you, really. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing uh, to, yeah. to imagine this mass formation yeah, so thank, psychosis, thank you for, I believe. Uh, thank you for the word. kind, on, on behalf, Lou, on behalf, no, I'm being sincere, no sarcasm. On behalf of not just myself, but all my physician and scientist colleagues, like Pierre Corey and right. Peter McCullough and Ryan Cole and uh, Brian Tyson and George Fahid and Zev Zelenko. And the list just goes on and on and on um, that have, have taken risk. Yes. And, great risk. Uh, and, and taken the hits. Um, we're very grateful for your kind words. I can speak for all of them. And uh, we're, by the way, Lou, unified that this emergency is over. The 17,000 physicians and medical scientists that form the uh, group behind globalcovidsummit.com right. uh, or globalcovidsummit.org, uh, this is the International Alliance of Physicians and Medical Scientists, 17,000 of us have been saying this needs to stop. And now last night we put out a, a call that in, in um, a press release stating there is no medical emergency. There is no reason for this emergency declaration and suspension of constitutional powers on the part of the Biden administration for the next 90 days. There is no medical emergency, full stop. That is uh, a great proclamation, a great declaration uh, to hear, particularly from you. Uh, and, and I think that people really have to understand, uh, if they do not already, that Bill Gates is a lousy person to get medical uh, <laughs> analysis uh, and, and diagnosis from. Uh, and, and as you say, I don't know what his incentives, his motivation is, but as you correctly uh, put it, uh, he, he acknowledged the reduced risk of COVID, but then quickly uh, put forward this addendum, which was, but another pandemic is coming. Uh, why? I would assume that that would be a safe forecast, so long as you don't put a date with the, <laughs> the outlook. Uh, well, well put, my friend. Um, yeah, I mean, it's easy to predict that eventually we're going to have a dark winter. Um, uh, that doesn't take any great uh, insight. Um, what a lot of people, of course, are spooked about is Bill Gates' fingerprints are all over this thing. And, and the uh, event 201 and the planning and uh, his amazing foresight in investing in Pfizer and Moderna um, and reaping the profits from that and many other similar investments. And uh, I, people, you know, people like Zeb Zelenko that have been out ahead of the curve are scared silly that Mr. Gates has got his fingers into more, um, uh, how shall I say it, monkey business um, uh, yeah. relating to other viruses. Yeah. And that is another issue. And uh, it is a big issue for big pharma. Uh, because now we're seeing some uh, peculiar interaction and reactions uh, from uh, various public health agencies, as well as 
as the government itself, the, the FDA seems to be standing a little taller these days. Is that my imagination? They seem to be oh. a little straighter than, uh, for example, the CDC. Well, that's that's uh, an interesting comparison. That's uh, that's a case <laughs> of pot and kettle. Um, uh, yeah. So so we had this truth bomb uh, that this that the New York Times did their best to cover up and, you know, released on the most optimal day they could, which was President's Day. I mean, they could have released it late Friday night. Right. Uh, but you know how journalism works. Um so they I know decided, how it used to work. Yeah, right. Um, so they they dropped the New York Times uh, dropped this truth bomb, uh, you know, that is they've totally tried to spin uh, on Monday, February 21, with the title, the CDC isn't publishing large portions of the COVID data it collects. Yeah, extraordinary. And and let me let me just, you know, if I can, this is the New York Times. Okay, Uh, they are the voice of the administration. They are the voice, basically, of the World Economic Forum at this point. Right. And and let me read it. Two full years into the pandemic, the agency leading the country's response to the public health emergency has published only a tiny fraction of the data it's collected. Several people familiar with the data said, and you know what that means. They won't go on record. Right. Much of the withheld information could help state and local health officials better target their efforts to bring the virus under control. If that isn't a mic drop moment, I don't know what is. Um, But then, then they go on, you know, this is the New York Times. Quote, the CDC is a political organization as much as it is a public health organization, says Samuel Scarpino of Rockefeller Foundation. I mean, Rockefeller Foundation has been driving this um, as as a independent uh, non-governmental organization all the way through. They are are tight as ticks with the CDC. Right. Um, This guy. But apparently Samuel Scarpino is the only one willing to put his name to this because the rest of them are running for cover. Um, Here's what he says further. The steps that the CDC takes that it takes to get something like this released, that being the data that they've been hiding, are often well outside of the control of many of the scientists that work at the CDC. What they're doing is they're throwing Rochelle Walensky under the bus. They're, exactly. And they are running for cover. And I got, I got something to say. It's time for CDC scientists and physicians to decide which side of the bar they want to be on, witness or defense. Because that time is coming. There will be legal ramifications here. Now, that's now that is, uh, you know, I hope true. And I, I want to understand the context in which you mean it. This is scientific fraud. If I was to publish a paper, an epidemiology paper, and I had a bunch of data, and I selected to only publish the data. Let's imagine I was sitting as a full professor at uh, your favorite university, whatever that is. And I published a paper in a journal um, that was epidemiology of uh, COVID-19. And I had a whole ton of data, but I decided to only select the data that I wanted to publish to make a point that I wanted to make. And I wrote that paper and published it. That would be scientific fraud. That is what it is. It is fraud. And I would, I could fully expect to have that paper pulled, um, to lose my future grant and contract uh, privileges with government, and to lose my academic appointment for, for having engaged in scientific fraud. That is what this is. Amazing. And, and that litigation, who will bring it? Um, I, I have the privilege of having um, frequent communication with Senator Ron Johnson. Right. And if the, how, if the Senate flips, uh, Mr. Johnson is going to be in charge of the Senate subcommittee for investigations. Uh, and uh, I generally don't, I, because I work with the government, I have to stay relatively nonpartisan historically. Right. 
But as you know, this whole situation has flushed me out in so many different ways. And uh, I, I firmly believe that if we're ever going to get to the bottom of this rot, yeah. uh, it's Senator Johnson is the person right now. I think it's his moment. I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to his chairmanship and also uh, that of Senator Rand Paul, who will, if uh, again, as you say, the Republicans win the Senate back. Uh, he, he will chair uh, the uh, the Senate Health Committee. So, oh, and he, and he has be, vowed he has vowed to find he, he uh, is, Mr. Fauci. The both of them are pissed off, and for good reason. <laughs> one, one of my favorite legal terms. Uh, that would be uh, exactly right. And uh, who could blame them? Certainly, no one in the public who has been both, uh, you know, astonished with what we've had to go through and then perplexed because we've had so much in the way of conflicting information coming from our public health agencies, from our White House, and, uh, of course, Dr. Fauci. Uh, it, is, it, is, it still amazes me to think that were it not for you, uh, McCullough, the, all the rest, uh, you know, this country would be, I, I don't know where we'd be. Uh, but we wouldn't be uh, uh, in the middle of an information revolution when it comes to COVID uh, and public health mandates uh, that are truly uh, fiats from the White House. Yeah, people more and more is like, because I'm traveling all the time, Lou, it's driving us nuts. It's just uh, running us, our batteries are run out. I'm just back from uh, a teach-in in Boise and then another one in Washington State on Puget Sound. Uh, but, um, you know, we're, we're in a situation where people, people are talking about a great awakening. Right. And um, uh, folks uh, from the communities of faith are talking about it. Intellectuals are talking about it. Uh, but more and more folks are also seeing what we're up against. And this is just a skirmish. Uh, I'm honored to, you know, by your words and by the opportunity to to work with my colleagues in our fields. But uh, we're now a lot of us are getting pretty woken up about and I, you know, I, I, I hesitate to use that term for obvious reasons. But uh, we've had a 30 year effort by this group called the World Economic Forum under right. the guidance of Mr. Klaus Schwab to uh, train and insert into all of the Western democracies, acolytes of his particular globalist vision. And uh, they are, I'm sorry to say, I've, as I've learned over time, it's, it's um, unfortunate. They're embedded in both parties. Absolutely. And, and the commitment to, Dr. Malone is referring to uh, what sometimes is loosely referred to as the one world uh, governance uh, that uh, so many of these people seek. Uh, and it goes farther than that. Uh, there is an authoritarian strain to it all. And there is de facto an alignment with governments that uh, I, I think most Americans would be very uncomfortable about. What do you think? Uh, they have no respect for the Constitution. And I think that that uh, in in we can see it in what's happened to my unfortunate Canadian colleagues. Uh, you know, I I have good friends on the other side of the border, and we've been in close contact, and I've been actively supporting the Canadian truckers wherever I can. Good for you. You know, am I ever going to be able to go back across the border in Canada without having my bank account seized? I have no idea. Um, you know, I hear these stories. Uh, first person now, for instance, here's a good one for you, Lou. A uh, friend of mine who's a pathologist on the other side of the border, uh, the uh, Trudeau side, we'll say, um, uh, called me the other day and he'd wanted me to record a short video for him, me and Ryan Cole, in support of the Canadian truckers for a pig roast they were going to have at a farmer's place. And the government in Canada heard that this farmer was going to have a pig roast in support of the Canadian truckers, and they froze his bank account. Unbelievable. It's, it's they just froze outrageous. the banker. They froze, I'm sorry, they froze the farmer's bank account, the guy that was going to do the pig roast. Right. 
Um, it it and this is the same. This is under the, basically the same justification of emergency powers uh, that Mr. Biden has now re-upped for the next ninety days. Yeah, and Trudeau has extended what were to be temporary powers under the Emergency Act. Now, this is, I must hasten to uh, admonish uh, all listening, this is not the same as martial law. Uh, this is something quite different. This is just plain out totalitarianism, uh, raw, but without involving the military. Uh, so if anyone wants Yet. to know the difference between the Emergency Act and the uh, declaring martial law, that's basically it uh, to a broad point. But, but Lou, in our case, we now have uh, Mr. Biden and his administration have called in the National Guard into D.C. because they're cowering uh, behind their fences yep. because some peaceful truckers have decided to leave Barstow today and drive over towards D.C. Yeah, it's going to take them about 11 days to get there. And meanwhile, they've got this fence up, which for all the world to many looks like it's a rather permanent structure uh, that's been put up. Uh, around the Capitol, uh, it, it's, uh, this is stuff that is, uh, it, it looks like it is uh, the, what would you say, the predicate for something more. There seems to be something more afoot on the part of the government, and it doesn't look like it is, uh, it, it doesn't look like democracy to me. It doesn't look to me like uh, those are public buildings, uh, as most Americans would think of them, are buildings. And we're looking at a potential, I think, inflection point in our history. And we have to be very, very vigilant. Thank you for saying that. We're aligned. Um, this is why the uh, International uh, Alliance of Physicians and Medical Scientists, the 17,000, came out with their statement today on globalcovidsummit.org of there is no medical emergency. There is no justification for the suspension of the Constitution and the emergency powers that has been invoked. Let me, let me also, let me bring this back for just a, a, an interlude here to the virus itself, because many of us are concerned and some, some confused. Is it a wise thing that we give, uh, for example, Moderna, uh, Pfizer, the the right, if not the authorization uh, and approval by the FDA, the right to vaccinate uh, everyone from infants to five-year-olds, from five-year-olds to 11-year-olds, uh, when they are the least vulnerable uh, part of the population? Well, you already know the answer. Um, and the question, I, I got two questions for your audience. Surely. When are we going to stop letting the pharmaceutical industry dictate public health policy in the United States? And the second one is, are you okay with letting politicians be your doctor? Because that's where we're at right now. Yeah, that's well put and, uh, and, and well placed. Because the, question, the questions you ask are central to this. And, and it is a political question as well as a public health question. And I think that we all come to the same answer in this country. I would hope we would, not all of us, but certainly a vast majority of us would come uh, to the same answer. Those, those of us, it seems to be those of us that work with our hands do. Um, those, the, the laptop class, I'm not so sure. But no, they, one of the things that unites truckers and physicians and medical care providers is we actually work for a living. Right. Right. Same with the folks that are moving boxes in Amazon and, uh, you know, stocking the shelves and uh, taking care of uh, business in terms of police and firefighters and uh, war fighters. We've got we've got a, a lot of people that actually work for a living. And then we've got folks that that, uh, you know, kind of email it in. And yeah. uh, and I I'm sorry to say that uh, the uh, let's say the new school advocate journalists are in that cast as well as the um, workers at uh, the likes of uh, the big tech companies. 
You know, I hate to say it, Dr. Malone, but I, I think that those are not new school journalists. I think what they are, are out and out corporate propagandists. They are most of them employed by corporate news outlets. They do exactly what they're told. They have no volition. They have no uh, separate uh, set of values uh, that would command that they sacrifice uh, uh, their jobs uh, or their uh, reputation within the established corporate uh, news media uh, for the truth. And, and that's where we are right now. Amen. Uh, and Amen. It, it, everyone should be very frightened of that reality. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, I, again, I come down to those three words that ring like bells in the soul of honest people. Integrity, dignity, and community. Amen. Absolutely. And so here we are with, uh, right now, Big Pharma dictating public health. And here we are with politicians uh, uh, deciding our fate within the, uh, you know, following the science, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and exploiting ignoring, the science for power. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, ignoring the scientists, the doctors, the researchers who or, actually. Or, not, or refusing to even publish the data so that we can do our job. So where do we go from here with to narrow this just a bit to the CDC? How do we get all of that data in front of every uh, doctor, every uh, researcher and every uh, person who is responsible uh, for public health in one fashion or another? That would be anyone from uh, a doctor, a public agency. Uh, it could be the superintendent of a school for crying out loud. Or, or school boards You're or right. governors that are having to make key decisions yep. about public policy and not to mention physicians yeah, uh, and, and other public health officials. Uh, I, how do we get there? I'm, I'm as gobsmacked as you are that uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is now explicitly acknowledged as a political organization operating as a political arm of the executive branch. Yep. But that's where we're at. And, uh, and what, you know, to, to call things the way they are, to call it like I see it, this is a failure of congressional oversight. And oh. uh, they've allowed the CDC and the, so I've been, Lou, I've been having, as, as this time has progressed and I'm being seen as a voice uh, because of my being willing to speak truth, uh, a lot of folks that are involved in public policy have been coming to me. And uh, what I'm hearing is the development of uh, activities in think tanks, particularly in conservative think tanks, anticipating a turnover at the next election, mm -hmm. at the midterms and at the presidential election, and trying to think through how did we let things go so wrong during the Trump administration. And what I'm hearing is that one of the things that happened was that there was a belief that you could change the bureaucracy and get things on track with uh, making the right appointments at the top uh, three or four tiers. And they now see, many of these people are now clearly aware that you have got an entrenched bureaucracy. And we use terms like the deep state, but a entrenched bureaucracy that does not have the interest of the American people uh, in, in its, you know, in, uh, in its focus, and uh, which is completely refractory to uh, change from the executive branch. And uh, if you want to see the indictment papers, you got to read a book called The Real Anthony Fauci by the uh, brilliant lawyer Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's basically written an indictment for this gentleman and an indictment of the whole system in this book. Yeah. And you're you're exactly right uh, in, in talking about the deep state. Uh, there are people who have hesitated because when you use the expression deep state, 
they think that you're somehow talking about uh, conspiracies uh, and uh, you know nonsense. The deep state is reality. Uh, the pure, the permanent bureaucracy is too nice a term. It is hardly sinister enough uh, to connote what is the reality within our government. Uh, and, and you're right, that isn't just the first two or three layers of any uh, one of the agencies or departments. It is, uh, it is a bureaucracy, a deep state that is, is absolutely pervasive uh, vertically, horizontally, in every way, and every fashion through the federal government in particular. But that also... I agree. And a lot of people, when they hear that term, they think the intelligence community. Mm-hmm. But the intelligence community is just one facet. They're the, they're the most empowered, I would say, because they're first closeted. And secondly, there is no oversight, no matter what anyone wants. Well, to Well, and they have a black they have a black budget, so Absolutely. they can basically do whatever they want to do. There are two there are two people who two sorts of people who knew when the Wuhan virus was unleashed on the world by the Chinese uh, with foreknowledge and without warning that knew that China, Xi Jinping, was morally and ethically responsible for the murders of millions of people around the world. They were our intelligence agencies and they were our public health agencies. They both knew. Uh, do you disagree with my, my I view? I completely concur. And the data are coming out to further validate that almost on a daily basis now. Um, and there was another one today. It's not just in the U.S. Um, Canada and France are involved also. I think it was the Globe and Mail or something like that that just came out with another piece today um, with another reveal. This, this, you know, we, those of us that care and are paying attention um, and are, are seeing this beast as I am really for the first time. I mean, the last two years have been a, an amazing road, uh, but we got for a all of us, for all of us. Yeah. Wow. What a wake up call. I, I want to go to China and its accountability, but I want to, I just want to first tell you how awful that uh, pervasive uh, uh, secret power is within world agencies as well. The World Health Organization, most people would be surprised to learn. Uh, is heavily under the influence of the CCP. The Chinese government have uh, personnel placements. Uh, the place is riddled uh, with uh, CCP agents. Uh, and uh, and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, it's not first. I can tell you from first-person experience the way the WHO works. I've been there way too many times. I've seen it in play. Great. Please. Well... So they, they basically, they think they don't have enough money. And uh, for a while, the building was getting a little thin in terms of personnel. And uh, so what they started to do, it's not just CCP, but it's also pharma. So for instance, when we had the Ebola vaccine uh, rush, uh, when I was supporting the Department of Defense right. in that, uh, um, the company that I was supporting, New Link Genetics, which was the one that had the vaccine that got sold to Merck and became the Merck vaccine, mm -hmm. originally came from Canada. Um, we presented to the WHO, I was there, um, and, uh, and there was a lot of churn that GSK was gonna beat. They had the best vaccine, et cetera. And uh, the punchline was we ended up with the best vaccine, uh, even though it surprised everybody. And when that became clear, the director general came up to us. I was there. I heard it. And she basically um, told New Link that they needed to pony up and uh, provide funding for the WHO to hire additional personnel. The way they play the game is if you it's pay to play. If you want access and you want a seat at the table, you got to pony up. And that's how big pharma gets in there. And then that's also how all the nation states do. 
And it, like I say, it's pay to play. That's how they work. And uh, if you are a, a pharmaceutical entity and I could name names, uh, what, what you got to do is you pay for a full-time employee and that person works at the WHO and is basically your spy, um, is your agent working at the, F, uh, at the WHO, sitting at a desk, doing their daily job, but also well aware that they're being paid by your money and, uh, and they represent your interests as, as fill in the blank pharma. And the same game is played by the various uh, um, national interests. And we knew it. I mean, I can tell you in my world, it's long been known that the WHO is a, absolutely a vehicle for intelligence operations and influence. Right. But what happened was uh, during the Trump administration, for whatever reason, I guess he got pissed off and for good reason. I can't blame him for that. But he withdrew the capital and, and you know, nature yep. abhors a vacuum. And, uh, and the CCP just said, well, thank you very much. Uh, and by the way, that's also how come we have Mr. William Gates, MD, PhD in there right. is because, uh, you know, we didn't, there wasn't enough capital. And so he filled the vacuum and he, you know, a lot of people in my world think that he's the one that appointed Tedros. Tedros uh, is a man who uh, sat at the knee, I'll put it that way, of Xi Jinping uh, and did so uh, highly publicly. Uh, he did everything but uh, salute uh, publicly Xi Jinping. I, I, I will tell you uh, very quickly uh, something that happened in the early days of the, of the pandemic. Uh, it was not called a pandemic, as you know, for a, yep. a, a number of weeks. And I finally uh, decided I would declare a pandemic on my show. Uh, and uh, that night I said, and this is two weeks before the WHO ultimately declared it was a pandemic. And the CDC refused to call it a pandemic until the WHO would call it a right. pandemic. And so I declared it a pandemic because at that point, I believe it was in 13 countries. Uh, it was straightforward, and I'm not a person, as you might guess, who will put up with nonsense when it comes to objective truth. And I just did that. I was uh, there was a an, an amazement that uh, I would do that without the WHO telling me it was okay or the CDC. I should have understood right then what we were up against, uh, but I did not fully appreciate uh, the connection between the WHO, uh, the Chinese uh, Communist Party, uh, and for that matter, what you described in the way the WHO works, I didn't know whether you're talking about the Chinese money flowing to the WHO or whether you're talking about big pharma money that flows to Congress because it's the same process. Yep. You got it. And with that, I, uh, I just, I, I know that we've because you've lighted the path in front of us. I know we've got uphill work to do, and it's going to take a lot to get this situation. I, I don't, I got to tell you, Lou, I'm, I, uh, this is a skirmish. We've got a big battle and I don't know if we're going to win it. Um, they are, they've been going at this for decades Yep. and they are well entrenched. And uh, like, for instance, there was somebody, a conservative, in, in uh, the Canadian government that tried to confront Justin Trudeau about how many World Economic Forum uh, hmm. um, trainees he had in his uh, cabinet. And uh, th they wouldn't let him talk. They, they wouldn't let the person asking the question finish asking the question. Amazing. Let, let alone address it. They wouldn't even allow the question to be raised. Where, oh. where, unfortunately pretty well down the slippery slope uh we're gonna well, have to me, scramble let me add to uh, everyone's appreciation of the grease uh that's on that slope uh that's when the united states supreme court rejects a challenge to the main covid huh. vaccine mandate yes. it is yes. the second rejection 
of plaintiffs who were seeking religious exemption. Yep. And for what reason? In my view, pure and simple intellectual dishonesty and a lack of moral courage and and an absolute abdication of their constitutional responsibility. I, I thought you were going to say a lack of moral turpitude. Um, uh, <laughs> if I'd have thought of it, I would have. <laughs> yeah, no, we got a problem. Uh, and um, uh, increasingly, I'm hearing the words, this is a 1776 moment. And uh, uh, like I said about those CDC scientists that aren't willing to, to share their name, um, you know, you got it's time to figure out which side of the bar you're going to stand on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, you're the, you know, there's, I, this, the phrase, uh, the tree of liberty is watered with the blood of patriots. I, I, I don't want to imply that people ought to get into a shooting war, but I absolutely want to message that, um, you know, you can stand with freedom or not. It's your choice. It is but absolutely for me, our choice. I prefer to be free, uh, in case you didn't guess that. <laughs> I have I have uh, inferred that, uh, and I uh, am very proud of you for uh, putting forward uh, the statement because it is really true. Uh, people must, you know, there's a lot of wokeness going around, but what we need is an awakening. Uh, and absolutely. I, and I stand with you. I stand with the doctors with whom you're associated who have done so much to uh, to enlighten the, uh, the public. Uh, I My job uh, as a host of uh, this Great America show is to help uh, enlarge the body of public knowledge and honor the public's right to know. And I, and I hate to say it this way, but I, I am going to insist because there is such a responsibility. People keep talking about our God-given rights uh, here uh, I believe that the United States is providential, that we, our founders were inspired by God. But these are American rights that we enjoy. These are American rights that are not shared by any other country, including our, our brothers and sisters to the north and our brothers and sisters to the south. To the south is Mexico, which is a narco state. And to the north, they appear to be an emerging totalitarian state if Justin Trudeau has his way. Joe Biden is his mentor, and that is his way as well. But it's not the American way, and I truly believe we will prevail. But as long as we can be as honest as Dr. Robert Malone, as long as we can be energetic in defense of the truth uh, and enlarging the body of public knowledge, we will prevail. I'm going to give you the last word, Dr. Malone. Take it away. Oh, thanks, Lou. Uh, this has been a good chat we've had. Uh, um, I, I, I do think that it is time that we make it clear and stand with the truckers. This is a peaceful protest and the physicians stand aligned with the truckers that uh, at least the physicians I represent, that there is no medical emergency here and the emergency declaration that Mr. Biden has just uh, announced is needs needs to come down and the pe people that can bring it down and stop it is the Senate and the House and I believe strongly they have an obligation to do so. What happened last Wednesday in my opinion was cowardice. We had four key Republican senators at a time when they could have voted down the mandates and what they did was they jumped into their jet planes and went off to Europe and back to their states without taking a vote. I want to give and, special credit to uh, to Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham uh, for being feckless and gutless uh, and dishonorable. Thank you. Uh, we're aligned. Um, so, uh, you know, we got to call it out. And, um, and, and it's a time of choosing. And uh, it's time of choosing for all kinds of people in different ways. Uh, and um, and the, the, the docs that I represent stand with the truckers. Uh, we're all working people. 
we got to put on our pants and go to work and get the job done. And uh, we are sick and tired. And I can tell you that the Department of Defense, our warfighters are sick and tired. And our firefighters and um, our policemen and um, all of our the folks that work for a living are just tired of this monkey business that I know. The pilots, um, I couldn't. Be, I'm just amazed at the support I'm getting from airline personnel when I travel. Sure, um, we all know that this is wrong. It has to stop. The time is now. There is no medical emergency. There is no justification for suspending the Constitution uh, right at this point in time. And frankly, there's no justification for bringing in the National Guard to protect Mr. Biden from a rally of peaceful truckers voicing their uh, constitutional rights to free speech. Well said, Dr. Malone. Uh, I couldn't uh, agree more. I thank you for everything that you are doing for this country, for all of us. Uh, it, it's, uh, you're just, uh, you've been amazing throughout and we so appreciate it. I, I want to say here as we conclude that, uh, God gave us in my belief, uh, free will. And that means the choice is ours. And, uh, as Americans, we have to choose, uh, our, our, our constitution and we have to choose our obligation and, and meet it. And I hope everyone will. Our thanks again to Dr. Malone for a great conversation, for sharing his knowledge and his insights with us, and for all he's done to honor the American public's right to know, to know what our government is doing, for adding to the body of public knowledge, and for what doctors do, that is, make us all better. Thank you for being with us, and I hope you'll join us here tomorrow when two leading Republicans will be here, Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio and Congressman Louis Gombert of Texas. Until then, God bless you, and God bless America. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds.